It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting live today in front of a studio audience at the Sigma Phi Epsilon Edge National Conference. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Wow. Yes. Holy cow. These guys are excited to be here. This is a, uh, I guess you'd call it a men's retreat to uh, uh, talk about leadership and philanthropy. And I want to bring up one of your initiatives called The Balanced Man. And I want to learn more about it as well as our listeners. So uh, I'm just going to put some people on the spot and let's find out. I hear there's three parts to The Balanced Man. And uh, one of the things I, I, we like to talk about on this show, since we do a lot with sports and athletes, is how um, teams, coaches, players can learn from other people's drills the way other teams have success. Well, that's true for any part of life. Uh, young men everywhere can learn from this Balanced Man initiative with Sigma Phi Epsilon. So let's learn a little bit more about it. Uh, what's the first part of the balanced man sigma. okay what's that it's called sigma it's your first challenge into the fraternity where you're learning more about the fraternity and becoming a member and just growing as a member you're learning about the greek alphabet greek life in general in addition to our founders and their beliefs in the chapter what's been your best experience with uh, your fraternity you're just going out to events and just uh going to buckeye which is a big philanthropy event at ohio state university and where we raised almost $10,000 for a total of $609,000 for Cancer for Kids. You're kidding me. No, you, that's, I wasn't expecting to hear that. I th- you, usually I hear you, know, you raise like 1800 bucks. $600,000 was raised yeah. on Ohio State for the c- kids with cancer? Yeah, that's correct. I, that needs a round of applause. That's unbelievable. <laughs> All right. That is great. Okay, the, uh, the second aspect of the balanced man. So there's something that we go through. Um, it's called the fire rite of passage. Essentially, we're learning uh, more about our fraternity, and we're getting closer to our brothers as we go through and get ready for the final stage of passage. So your brothers, those are your, those are your boys. What's, uh, what's brotherhood mean to you? Brotherhood means that you'll be there for me whenever I need you. Um, earlier in the last semester, I got a concussion, and all my brothers were there with me in the hospital till 4 a.m., and they... Drove me to there and, and back, and I couldn't even leave my room. They'd bring me food. It just meant everything to me. You weren't faking it, were you, just to get a little attention? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it, they, they were there with me every step of the way, and okay. I wasn't faking it. You've given me an idea now. When I get hungry and need some friends, I'm going to bump my head against the wall. Yeah, I, might work. Okay. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Excellent. Thank you. Let's have a round of applause for, for him. And uh, the third aspect of the balanced man? There's the Epsilon uh, Rite of Passage, uh, where you really learn uh, like the, uh, the secrets about the fraternity, what really bonds us together. Uh, it's like um, a week of really introspection. You, you learn a lot about yourself in the process as well, a lot about your brothers, and it really, um, really brings you together as a brotherhood in total. All fantastic stuff. Uh, the American fraternity system, more than just getting together on a football Saturday and tearing it up, they are your leaders of the future. They're gentlemen of the present. And we want to thank you guys for all the hard work and community service you guys do. Let's have another round of applause for the Sigma Phi Epsilon Edge National Convention.
Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. I'm in Eugene, Oregon. They call it the University of Oregon. It's uh, Duck Nation, the Oregon Ducks, and the Pac-12. What do you call it? Go Ducks, man. Go, go Ducks, man. Go Ducks. It's hashtag Go Ducks. They, they like to call it Track Town USA, but we're trying to make it Football Town USA. Well, I, I think you've already done that. Our guest is uh, quarterback uh, from the uh, Oregon Duck football squad. This is Dustin Haynes. Hi, Dustin. How are you? Doing great. Happy to be here. You've got a radio voice. You've got a radio future. I don't know if you've heard that before. Uh, I kind of got a deep voice. I don't know if it's a radio voice, but I appreciate that. Okay, so Dustin Haynes, uh, quarterback. You're a senior. You're on the squad. You. I got to ask you before we start. What What do you mean they call this place Track Track Town? I mean, I guess it started uh, way back when uh, Bill McChesney, uh, pre Fontaine, historic Hayward Field. Um, it's got a legacy here and. Back then, football played on the track, and it was track back then, all track. And recent success on the football field is uh, slowly working our way to a, a dual partnership between the track and the football team powerhouses. So. Track, yeah, okay. Prefontaine and, uh, and Nike, the Nike founder has the – what's his name again? Uh, Phil Knight, Uncle Don't, Phil. Uncle Phil Knight, and I'm probably the only guy in this entire state right now that didn't know his name was Phil Knight. So don't tell anybody I said that. <laughs> So I apologize to Nike for not knowing his name. Uh, but anyway, back to Dustin Haynes and the uh, Oregon football squad. We want to talk about community service. We talk a lot of, about social awareness and just being socially conscious in your community. Tell us about some of the things uh, the Ducks are doing with your community. Um, you know, we have a, a Wednesday. Every Wednesday we go to the Boys and Girls Club, and it's uh, three hours that are open for any athlete, not just football athletes, but you can go uh, dedicate your time with those uh, those kids that, that need mentors, and it might, might just be uh, playing, playing some dodgeball, putting together a puzzle, or just interacting with the kids on an eye-to-eye basis, you know, giving them a, a mentor that they lack in their household. So it's awesome right there, and that's something that we always are able to do every week. Um, some other things, we have uh, elementary school readings, go to those go schools and read them the Dr. Seuss books. Uh, some of my teammates are are getting the books read to them sometimes, <laughs> but no, I'm just just fun and games. Uh, but there's all sorts of different events that we're able to you know get our face out there and have a positive impact in the community, which is just awesome. Just just not not showing people that we're we put on a uniform. That's all we do. That we're someone off the field too, and that we can have an impact off the field as well as on the field. What's your favorite Dr. Seuss book? Green Eggs and Ham. Oh, yeah. got to be Green Eggs and Ham. I mean, I, it was my favorite book because every time I'd read it when I was a kid growing up, I'd always want to have Green Eggs and Ham. And then one day, my mom finally put that food coloring in those eggs, and I got those Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> so a pretty special moment for me. So I got to believe when you walk into an elementary school, your teammates, uh, you being a quarterback, you're actually sort of human size. Uh, some of your teammates are six, 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 seven, twenty inch necks. When they walk in, do they scare these kids? Oh, you know the kids. The kids are fearless. The kids are more more about trying to jump on our arms and jump on everybody and see how much weight the the big guys can hold on them. So I wouldn't say the kids are scared. They're more just uh, fascinated by these guys and just love to jump on them and play play around with these guys. So. 
Dustin Haynes is our guest. He's a quarterback at the University of Oregon. Go Ducks, hashtag Go Ducks. And earlier on campus, I heard some people talking about um, a mission trip to Peru. Can you, uh, is that right? Is it Peru? Yeah, it's uh, actually the northwestern part of Peru between a, a small town over a, I'm not, my Spanish is poor, but it's uh, Chipotle or something with an X. But yeah, it's north northwestern Peru, and uh, there's about 20 student athletes, uh, five from my team, including myself, that are going to go down to Peru this uh, June and build a concrete court for an underprivileged village of about some 100 and some some people that don't have a, a court or a basketball area or for any sort of sports. So we, we, we're going to build this court for them so they don't have to bike 30 miles or walk 30 miles for the closest court just to help those kids out in that community to stay away from, you know, taking the wrong path and get involved with drugs or gang-related scenes and uh, just give an opportunity to play sports and something else that they can do. And also the court will be like a meeting place. So should should benefit the community as a whole and should benefit all the athletes that are going just to see the different perspective of life in a different country. That's amazing. That is a great story. How did that idea evolve? Who came up with that? And logistically, who's taking care of it? Like from planning it, getting plane tickets, who's financing it? Well, it's a, a company a foundation up in Portland that's called Courts for Kids. And, uh, you know, our athletic department uh, connected with them last year, and they actually had a trip down to the Dominican Republic last year, which was our first time doing it, and it was great success. So it's awesome there. But we, as athletes, have to raise $1,100 to financially support ourselves traveling down there. And so that process is done through... Uh, either donations from relatives, it's all tax write-offs, so it's easier that way, I guess. Yeah. But in the same regard, it's, uh, it's on us to raise that money. Um, it's not just given to us, and it's definitely not just a vacation. Um, from the stories that I heard about Dominican Republic last year, numerous people uh, were uh, <laughs> finding themselves on the, the porcelain seat a little bit more than they wanted to be because the, their stomachs weren't... <laughs> quite adapt to the food down the food, there yeah. but it's and the humidity is just greatly different than the northwest what we have up here so it's it's definitely going to be a, a difficult task but it's something that's you know life rewarding and you carry on with the rest of your life and that's uh course for kids and i'm going to just guess it's courseforkids.org or if uh, the worst case scenario if you're interested in uh, in this organization google it Courts for Kids out of Portland, Oregon. Our guest is Dustin Haynes. Let's talk football now. Uh, a lot of excitement in Oregon, uh, and it's fairly new excitement. I mean, 10 years ago is when, uh, at least in my football, college football memory, 10 years ago is when Oregon really became relevant, cracking the top 25. Here in the last five years, it's top 10, maybe top five, maybe a preseason rank number one here and there. I mean, how's it been for you as a student athlete on one of the most exciting college football teams in America? Yeah, it's it's awesome. I mean, can't complain. You know, the communities here is so grateful of the program that's been built right now. Um, from some of the people that I've talked to that have been Eugene natives for twenty plus years, they would be happy to be ranked in the in the top twenty five, and now they're just amazed that every year we're in the top ten, and they're. I know it's it's definitely going to be a difficult task to stay in the top ten every year, and we keep working at that because it's a standard that we've set for ourselves. But 
I mean, it's an awesome community that supports us in and out, and uh, got to give a, give up a lot of love for them because without them, I mean, it, it'd be tough. We got one of the best football towns in the nation. Best football memory, Oregon Ducks. Dustin Haynes, quarterback, go. I'd have to say winning the Fiesta Bowl last year. I mean, it was not the one game that we wanted to be in, but going out on the win is the best way to end a season. All right, that's Dustin Haynes, a member of the Oregon Duck football team. We thank you for coming on board with the show, and uh, we thank you even more for your service work that you do. It's inspirational, and I know you're not looking for pats on the back, but it's great for uh, for us to hear that college athletes are getting involved like this. So it's not just the bad stories that are out there. There's plenty of great stories out there. We commend you and the rest of your student athletes, your teammates, for all your hard work from reading Green Eggs and Ham to the elementary school kids to going to Peru to help build a, a basketball court in the middle of nowhere. That's great to hear. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much, Dustin. Thank you very much, Adam. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. Our next guest is a national keynote speaker, a comedian, a singer. How many hats do you wear? Well, I, <laughs> uh, on any given day, I don't know. They, you're, you got them. Uh, um, comedy and motivational speaking kind of usually sums it up. He is Craig Tornquist. And Craig, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. We talk about social awareness, student leadership, community service. This is all stuff you're dealing with coast to coast as a national motivational speaker. That's right. I do about 200 programs a year. Wow. Uh, last year, three of them went really well. And uh, so <laughs> percentages are way up. Well, you've got that going for you, which is nice. So um, you work, I, I heard, overheard in the hallways, your, your next stop is a SAD national convention, the Students Against Drunk Driving. Yep, and actually they changed their name several years ago to Students Against Destructive Decisions. Ah. Um, and this is the 14th year in a row that I'll be hosting their national conference, and that's in Orlando. And SAD has been great to me. That's been a, a, a terrific fit for, uh, I've got a very positive message and like to talk to students about making the choices that will get them to where they want to go. And uh, I have a very happy story. Um, my dream is to someday be named the SAD Comedian of the Year, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm uh, always interested in branding and how companies rebrand themselves and organizations rebrand themselves. Is that because drunk driving numbers are going down and other destructive behavior is going up? Or is that just so they can include drugs and drug awareness and stuff like that? Well, I, I, I think what they found was that uh, there were lots of different ways for students to derail their dreams. And they wanted to broaden their focus um, uh, it, because not every student was drinking and driving. But... Um, uh, I don't know. I think they just wanted to not have their hands tied so much and, and really wanted to be interested in helping students make positive choices in a variety of areas. So this goes from bullying to eating disorders. I mean, all the different pressures that are on teens, they wanted to have a, a positive peer-to-peer influence. Craig Tornquist is our guest, a national uh, leading motivational speaker dealing with student leadership and all kinds of social issues when you perform on stage. And it's a performance. I mean, this is not a motivational speech. It's a, it's a comedy show. Singing and dancing, even. Have you ever hurt yourself dancing? Uh, no. Uh, sometimes when they throw money, it, you know, it hits me in the wrong <laughs> way. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I learned a long time ago that students want to be the stars of the show. And so I try to win them with some comedy. Uh, and then I turn it over to them. There's a lot of audience participation, um, you know, a, a lot of influences from the old comedians. I've studied them all, and uh, Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Rich Little, you know, the impressions. There's, uh, I do a lot of impressions in the show and uh, singing and um, 
So uh, I don't know. I, I I usually go one direction for about three minutes, and then we change gears and head a different way. And um, but the more that I can make the students the stars, the more fun it is for them and for me because it's not the same way every show. What's your favorite thing to do on stage, performing wise? Uh, I like anything that involves uh, uh, the audience participation stuff because it's dangerous uh, and it's fun. Uh, there's a doo-wop tune where I bring a couple guys out of the audience and teach them some Motown moves. And uh, they're usually a little reluctant until the women scream the first time. Yeah. And then you can see their posture changes and they think, well, that didn't hurt so bad. Uh, and then they get into it and they bring the house down. So I, I, I love those moments that are unrehearsed. Um, where y y you see the person you brought up on stage, you hopefully put out a, a safety net for them so they're going to be successful. But to watch them blossom uh, and connect with an audience is great. You know, Then I get out of the way and smile. Well, I'm not going to let you leave this radio show without something you dropped about two minutes ago. Impressions. Oh, wow. Well, uh, got, I, I do a lot what do you got? Song, singers, though. I mean, uh, you know, if you came and saw it, to be Elvis, Willie Nelson, uh, Kermit, Neil Diamond, Sammy Davis Jr. Now, I don't do those for the students. Those are That's my adult corporate show because the students have no idea who those people are. Um, <laughs> and so that's where we change gears. When I, when I go older, the uh, um, there isn't as much audience participation. They don't want to work. They just, no, make us laugh, and yeah. then we're, we're cool with that. But... Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, Bill Clinton is an old-timer, you know. And I, I do a lot of the old ones for the old people. Uh, um, so, uh, anyway, but that, that, that's the thing. i got to have the music. Okay. You, you don't want this a cappella. Trust me, it's not pretty. Well, can I request an a cappella Kermit the Frog? Uh, Kermit the Frog here. Hi-ho. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I do Rainbow Connection. You know, that's, uh, that's, I love that's that fun. as a kid yeah. growing up. Now, yeah. let me ask you, since, okay, you're, you're, all those old-time voices and impressions work for the older corporate mm -hmm. audience, not for the student-athletes right. in the high schools, that means that in your private time with a mirror by yourself, you're practicing some Justin Bieber or somebody, some Kanye. You are. Uh, no, I've given that up, actually. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, that's funny because uh, I, I, I love the impressions that I do and everything. Well, and, and that's changed since you and I were kids. When we grew up, there were three channels. Everyone watched the same thing. Johnny Carson defined pop culture. Now there are 5,000 channels. No one's listening to the same thing. All of the shows are disposable, yeah. and, 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 and so it's really hard now to do an impression of people that everyone knows, you know, um, and, and so that's why I've kind of phased that out, and I do more now on, in my adult show, Parenting, and, and, and I'm making fun of myself, um, but that's why I quit doing impressions is because I couldn't figure out which, you know, if I did a great Justin Bieber impression, who over the age of 28 would know? Yeah. You know, is it good or not? You know, we don't know what song he's singing, yeah. you know. And so that's that's been a change in my act and my career. And that's I've had to to adapt to the changing technology and the, the choices. People are watching YouTube, you know, for entertainment now. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't the, you, you, you got to have a common frame of reference in order for people to, to laugh. I mean, they got to know what you're talking about. Um, so um, that's kind of a serious answer to your question, but that has been the reason for the change in the show is because of, uh, of that technological change. Craig Tornquist is our guest, a professional comedian slash motivational speaker, works a lot with student leadership. And I got to believe when you get off stage and you do the doo-wop song and people uh, applaud you on your singing talents, that's a good feeling. Uh, 
But let's go on the other side of, of the feedback, when people applaud you for what you said or how you made them feel. From the social awareness, leadership, community service, uh, you do work with Special Olympics. I mean, when you get off stage, what are some of the things people say to you that make you think, you know, I think I'm doing a good thing here? Well, you can see it in their eyes normally when you connect with them. And the, the quote that I end all of my student shows with is from a, one of my favorite comedians named Red Skelton, who I actually got to meet one time, uh, which was one of the highlights of my career. But the message is your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with your talent is your gift back to God. And I, I just, you know, uh, I want people to know that they're not a mistake. And I do a lot of church programs, and I'm very comfortable talking about my faith in, in that environment when I'm invited to do so. But um, um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm one that likes to make a point and get off it, but I also want people to know um, that they're they're not a mistake, and they do have an opportunity, many opportunities every day, to lighten other people's loads. Um, and you know, if, if we can do that and laugh along the way, I, I want them to to feel better walking out than they did walking in normally. I like the show. I've seen you perform. You're outstanding. Uh, how can we get in touch with you? Our listeners learn more about you, maybe through Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, uh, um, I've got a website, which is craigtornquist.com, C-R-A-I-G. Tornquist is T-O-R-N-Q-U-I-S-T. Um, Facebook is Craig Tornquist Comedian. Just, you know, uh, request friends and uh, uh I, I have very low standards for my friends. Uh, I'll say yes. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, anyway, yeah, and uh, my 800 number is on my website. I book, I'm a one-man deal, man. I'm the manager, the writer, the agent, the road crew. Um, and so uh, um, if you have an idea, call me. Uh, my 800 number is there on the website. And uh, if I'm there, I'll answer the phone. If not, I'll call you back. Craig Tornquist, a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Good luck. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. We love catching up with former professional athletes on this broadcast. We talk a lot about fellowship and faith and service and community service and philanthropy. And we like to bridge the gap between those topics and um, professional athletes. And now we're joined by somebody that can absolutely bridge those topics for us. Mark Thomas. Hi, thank you for joining us today, Mark. Good, good to be here. I appreciate you having me. Former NFL star with uh, the Indianapolis Colts. What other teams did you play with? I played for the San Francisco 49ers. They drafted me in 1992. From there, I went to uh, the Carolina Panthers. The first two years they were in existence, that was great. And then Chicago Bears, and I finished up in 2001 here in Indianapolis. Oh, my gosh. So so you barely played in Indianapolis with the Colts. The only team I remembered you from was was your least uh, <laughs> tenured team. Yeah, well, I was here for three years, and then I was in San Francisco for three years, and then two each with Carolina and Chicago. Out of uh, North Carolina State, right? Correct. The and Wolfpack. The Wolfpack. And we love the Wolfpack because of the Jim Valvano yeah. connection with uh, the Jimmy V Foundation. But uh, you know what? Just real quick about Jimmy V. Uh, what was that like going to North Carolina State? What, what year? Were you there when they started the, the Jimmy V Foundation? Or I, You know what? I was there. When I first got to North Carolina State, I got there in 1987. And that was right toward the end of Jimmy V's career. And so, yeah, he was an amazing guy. I had a few opportunities to meet him there when uh, we were in the chow hall and got to see him. And uh, great coach, obviously, uh, what his foundation's doing and just the kind of man he was. And 
uh, the legacy he left behind at NC State was great, but I didn't I didn't get a whole lot of time in them, and I really hadn't heard of NC State until I went there. <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> enough, but from uh, where? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Atlanta, just outside okay. Atlanta, in a suburb, uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia, and didn't really know NC State existed until they started recruiting me uh, out of high school. But loved my experience there, and it and it got me where I needed to be in the NFL. And how many years in the in the NFL? Ten, ten years total. That's fantastic. A ten-year veteran of the National Football League, and now uh, I find this fascinating. You are um, the instigator, the originator, the founder, the founding pastor of of a church, your own church. Am I saying is this the right description? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I was part of. I was one of a few guys who who was the founding members of the church we started back in two thousand three, and I came on staff originally from from the beginning. I've been here uh, as a pastor on staff from the very beginning, and uh, it's been fantastic. And uh, you know, I was fortunate to win a Super Bowl when I was with San Francisco, and I have to say that that what I get to do now is probably as exciting as winning a Super Bowl. So it's. Um... I mean, we're actually in the uh, auditorium, I suppose you'd yes. call it, where you actually have service on Sundays. This is called the Church for the Nations. And just real quick, is there a, a digital property, churchforthenations.org, or how can our listeners look this up? Sure. You can go to CFTN, which is for Church for the Nations, CFTNindy.com. That's our website. And it's just it's fascinating to me that a guy that played 10 years in the NFL would uh and I'm sure it wasn't this easy but in my head I'm thinking okay you're playing football one day and then you wake up the next day and say you know what I'm going to start a church uh, did I simplify that or how did this happen well you know it, it it's not overly simplified I, toward the end of my career I started thinking about you know what am I going to do post career and and I think one of the things about athletes is athletes never see the end coming and in this business, it's one day you're an athlete, the next day you're not. Um, there's no real preparation for the end. Uh, and toward the end of my career, uh, I started thinking, what do I really want to do? And one of the things I felt called to was the ministry. And actually, originally when I retired, I went to work with an athletic ministry uh, based out of Austin, Texas. Didn't know originally that I would end up being a pastor in a local church. It wasn't until uh, my first year out, I had spent a year uh, in the athletic ministry and actually traveled back to Indianapolis to do a, a few Bible studies that I realized, you know, my heartbeat and my passion really was with the local church, not solely with athletes, surprisingly enough, even though I used to be one. And so after being out of football for a year, um, we decided that the Bible study that had begun when I was on the team here in Indianapolis, it had gotten up to around 40 or 50 people. And our heart was originally to see a church planted in Indianapolis. And so when that talk started again, I just really realized that I felt like the Lord had called me and prepared me that this is where he wanted me and that I was supposed to come back to be an integral part of beginning the church. And here we are almost 10 years later, uh, and it's still going. Mark Thomas is our guest, 10-year veteran of the NFL and now founding member and pastor at Church of the Nations um, Church. And um, I wanted to ask you, when you preach, does it ever come out? You know, you you were a defensive end in the NFL. Does that come out? You know, when it's fourth down and the Lord is on your side. I mean, is that, do, you, do you wear shoulder pads when you're speaking? You know, it's fun, it's funny. There there are definite moments that I, I use the football analogies. I mean, that that was such a big part of my life. I mean, I retired. Uh, I think I was 33 when I retired, so I had almost 20. 
five, 26 years of being an athlete. I mean, it's so part of who I am and who I was that, that there's no way that I can get up and, and preach the word and, and share for my own life and that not be interwoven into it. I, I don't try to overdo it because yeah. I think it can be overdone and not everybody can relate to the to being an athlete. But there are, there are moments where I, I bring it in. You know, one thing about Jesus that I loved is Jesus basically taught through parables. He taught through real life examples. And that's a real life example that many times you can take the truth of the word and you just wrap it in flesh. You paint a picture for people and it helps. And, and it helps also get people kind of into my heart. And, and when I share and I try to be vulnerable and I try to share from my own struggles, my own life experiences, and that is a part of who I am. Um, and I can't shy away from that, but I just try to keep it in balance and try not to overdo it. So people are like, okay, enough of the football stories. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty interesting. I have to admit at my church, the pastors never, uh, sacked Brett Favre. Uh, have, have you sacked Brett Favre? You know, I've actually, (laughs) I have, have actually sacked him. I've, I've been able to smack him around a little. I remember one of my favorite hits against him was when I played with the Carolina Panthers. It was the year they went to the Super Bowl. It was the NFC Championship game. I believe it was minus 32 wind chill. It was brutally cold. And I had a great hit on him, and I was bummed. We ended up losing that game, and they went on to win the Super Bowl. But here we are in our second year of existence, one game from the Super Bowl. And that was uh, just two years after I'd already been to the Super Bowl, so I was really excited. But, yeah, I had several opportunities to hit Brett, uh, playing for Chicago Bears, playing those guys twice a year. Uh, I had a lot of respect for him, but it felt really – there was a few guys in my career that felt good to sack. He was one of them. Dan Marino was another one. I, I like taking him down too. <laughs> So this might be the next sermon here at the church, the, the Dan Marino speech. Yeah, I mean, I can think of uh, of several uh, interesting things that have happened in a 10-year career, the things I've heard, the things I've seen. I do. I have enough preaching material for a year with what I went through. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> well, Mark, uh, I appreciate your, your heart and your, your faith and your service, and, uh, and I appreciate you coming on the show. We wish you the best of luck. Mark Thomas, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.